podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and tonight I am joined by Laura Bradburn and Alan Morrison. We are looking at Ross County nil, Celtic 2 in what is always referred to um, as the Scottish League Cup by myself. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I just don't go in for Skull Cup, Coca-Cola Cup, whatever sponsor cup. Oh, it's no, the I League d- Cup. I did, I did used to call it the Coca-Cola Cup, to be fair. What age yeah. were you? Is oh, it an age was- thing? That was when I was a kid, though. Yeah, because I used to call it the Skull Cup. That was before your time, Laura. (laughs) Um, Hagar the Horrible and all that. Anyway, let's talk about the game. We're 2-0 up. Before we do that, though, I've got to say that uh, I did receive some very sad news about Jim Beattie, who was a player who came through the ranks at Celtic Park. He was part of that under-16 Scotland side who, managed by Craig Brown, got to the World Cup final in 1989 and were defeated by a 23-year-old Saudi Arabian side on penalties, I seem to understand. I remember being at the semi-final against Portugal and Jim Beattie would have played in that game. Um, The midfield uh, in Portugal was led by some guy called Figo, but Celtic Celtic starlet Brian O'Neill still scored the winning goal that night. But uh, unfortunately, Jim Beattie was battling uh, MND, Uh, an illness we know only too well and he lost that battle unfortunately so our thoughts and prayers are with Jim's friends and family this evening um, and hopefully we can continue our fight uh, against MND and the research to try and find a cure for that terrible disease Um, when we we look at the game tonight Laura I'm going to start with yourself first half opens up with us hitting the bar after two minutes and then once again after five minutes Welsh and Turnbull Um, and it looked at that point as though we were in for um, something of a a rip-roaring performance by Celtic and rip-roaring it certainly was. How impressed have you been? Yeah, I mean, uh, the biggest compliment I can say is that despite all the changes in personnel, we seem to have picked up where we left off at the weekend and um, I, I think, I can't think of a player who I wouldn't give pass marks to in that first half. Um, I think Yakimakis has obviously shown he's very keen for a goal Uh Bernabe, who or Bernabe, I, I still don't know how you say it. Um, has, how do you pronounce Bernabeu, though? 
That's the important well, one. That's true. That's true. But um, and how do you get a ticket for it? <laughs> that I don't know. That I don't know. Uh, he's he's shown a a good bit of willingness to get forward and that kind of thing. A few loose touches here and there, but has has done really well. But the the biggest outstanding performance for me of the first half was Aaron Moy. I think for all we talk about the attacking way in which we've played, he was such an anchor for me in that midfield and really, I, I hate to use the word destroyer because I don't think he is that, but he certainly was breaking up anything that Ross County had coming forward. He can put a foot on the ball and make a pass and he just seems to be a very calming influence in the middle of the park. Now, I don't know if it's because you mentioned uh, Bernabe we moved on to Bernabeu, but I think the last player we signed from the Bernabeu was uh, Tommy Gravison. And yes. I don't know if it's just uh, the, the lack of follicles or what, but he does remind me a wee bit until he gets the ball, of course, of uh, Tommy Gravison. Now, Alan, you and I were speaking before the game mm-hmm. um, about his effectiveness, and obviously you were trying to put that into context, but he has had a very uh, good first half. Again, playing in that number six, allowing Callum McGregor to roam a wee bit more. Um, where do you prefer seeing McGregor? Moy's obviously allowing him a wee bit more freedom tonight. Yeah, no, I think Moy's been impressive. Um, it's the speed of his passing. He's if he if he can do it one touch, he does it one touch, and it's probably a little bit the camera angle at um, at Dingwall. The pitch looks even more kind of compressed than what it probably is in in, in real life. It's, it's not actually that small, but it, it looks like there's not a little room out there. But it looks like he's got all the time in the world to play the passes that he's trying to pass. Um, so yeah, he's, he's the way he's linked the play, absolutely fantastic. I think I, I mean, I, with McGregor, um, I'm probably happier seeing him in a in a deeper sort of six role, mainly because I, I don't think I don't like when he lines up to take a shot. I don't think his shooting, his technique is just rubbish. Basically, it's with my book. I just think he's very good. He's not a very good shooter, very good finisher. Um, I know, I know he scored tonight, but it uh, took a bit of a deflection, etc. And again, nice, quick thinking there uh, from a corner. That variety that we've seen from corners is a huge feature of this season. But no, Moy's been Moy's been t- keeping it ticking along, and mm. if anything, he's even been moving it faster. I think Callum Callum is more inclined to go forward. I think Moy still can can play the ball back and sideways a lot more, but he keeps it ticking over and he keeps possession. And I think in a tough away game in Europe, especially I'm thinking, you know, the two of them together as a double pivot, it's, it's a system that Andrew's used many times before, could be something that we might we might see with, with possibly, or, you know, O'Reilly just a little bit further forward. So that's something to think about as well. Yeah, definitely. Something that actually came up uh, when Jared was on a couple of weeks ago as well, he was talking about that double pivot. I don't know if you were on the same uh, show that day, but mm. um, he was talking about the effectiveness of Ange using that system. Jock Sporin, good first half considering the number of changes. Yeah, you do often see, Laura, um, the changes, you know, breaking up the fluidity and the groove of the side, but it doesn't look any different. And that, that's magnificent to know that Ange has got a system that is obviously going to flow throughout the, the first picks, the second 11, and hopefully, like we're talking about before the game, into the, the B team and the youth team. You need to have that system so that people can just step up when required, don't you? Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest example of that, and it might be, <laughs> might be something that people scoff at when I say it, but there was a point where... Um, Welsh and Jens were passing the ball back and forward between each other towards the end of the first half and Sigrist came out to provide them another option and I thought that to me is as big a 
a, an example of you know and changing the entire philosophy of the way the whole squad thinks not just that first 11 because mm-hmm. you're not telling me that Seagrest would have been coming out and doing that kind of thing playing for Dundee United but having watched Joe Hart do it so much last season you can see that it's something that Ange is definitely communicating to the players and I'm sure you could find examples similar examples with the full backs the midfielders and the front three um, across the across the board. So, like you say, it's about creating a style of play and a system and a philosophy that, regardless of the personnel, the people that you bring in can do the same job as the person they're replacing and vice versa. And then all you need to worry about at that point is the quality of the players you've got in, which we're, we're right, raising all the time. Yeah, absolutely, Laura. Uh, you and Boy Martin, you're back. Tonight was all about winning the game and we are looking very good at the moment, 100%. I do wonder at half-time if indeed Yakamakis might have to come off. He seemed to take a, a bit of a heavy one um, and he scores a goal tonight. He also um, was involved in moves where he's had four other chances. Um, I actually wouldn't give him a hard time for that, though, because I think a couple of them came after a, that heavy challenge, which, you know, it was just a coming together. But at half-time, I was having a look, uh, just leading up to half-time, I was having a look at his record, Alan. Um, I'm not as um, stato as yourself. I go by appearances and goals. That's about <laughs> it when it comes to facts and figures. But that was his 20th goal for Celtic in 34 appearances. Kevin McCluskey um, informs me that it's his 19th start tonight. That is yeah. astonishing. And we know that these first, I don't know, dozen goals or so were all one-touch finishes. Um, getting a bit greedy tonight with his three touches, but he's probably scored 20 goals with about 25 touches. It's an incredible record for someone who is classed as your second-choice striker. It, it is. And um, his record, I mean, so what I would normally do, or what, what, what you'd normally do from an analysis perspective is look at it on a per-90-minute basis. So rather than look at the number of appearances, you'd add up the number of minutes, divide it by 90, and then you'd, you'd compare it, you'd, you'd divide the number of goals by that. So, I mean, last season, he was on you know, 0.97, so virtu- oh, virtually one goal for every 90 minutes of play. I mean, that, that's fantastic. That's a fantastic record. Mm. Um, I mean, t- to put it into context, Kyogo was 0.83, and then the next highest was Maeda at 0.44. Um, so, you know, the two strikers um, are very similar, very high, uh, you know, uh, rates in that regard. Giacomacchus is probably higher than Kyogo's and probably higher this season even um, because he's, 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 he's pretty much there for that purpose. You know, he's not, he's not um, required to complicate his game in any way. Mm-hmm. He's not required to, to, you know, to perform the sort of role that we saw Edward perform where he would drop wide, he would link play, he would run different channels, he would, you know, swap with a winger, etc. Jacobacus isn't being asked to do that, and nor should he, because he doesn't have the skill set to do it. So he's a smart recruit for the job that he's been asked to do, and that is to get into the box. And when you um when you get him in the box, what you see is somebody who over over four or five yards, his movement is superb. He's got just enough pace to get away from his um, defenders and even when he doesn't he's big enough and strong enough to, to get that little half yard that you need and he also the thing I love really love about him is he doesn't care which part of his anatomy he gets on the ball he just knows he's got confidence if he gets something on it because he knows the ball's going to come at pace anyway it's going to probably be a cross that comes in at some velocity maybe even low you don't. Doesn't matter whether it comes off. You know your arse. You're you're not your elbow, obviously, but um, whatever part of your body. Um, he, he doesn't care. He just wants to. He just wants to find some way of bundling it into that. And I love that. I love that about him. 
so yeah, I think he's he's been a smart signing, a really smart signing because if you if, if you you know if you look at his record, he's clearly played for teams that have not used him in the way mm-hmm. that that and just using him the way that they they, they used him as well. Because like, if you want him to be an all round centre forward or even a number nine target man, I suspect you're going to be sadly disappointed. But you use him in this way, and he's he's got some special skills. Yeah, and and thankfully, Laura um, reminded me there on the the WhatsApp, which we're not allowed to mention, by the way, because it it seems all a bit cliquey when we talk about the WhatsApp group, Laura. But isn't that how people communicate? <laughs> anyway, um, after the Alaba game, I think uh, I described his performance as Cascarino esque. <laughs> right, and you hold your hands up and say, uh, "But by the way, he was rotten that night." But he, he's obviously proved me wrong over the piece. Um, but he is one of the players, Laura, who has had interest or supposed interest from elsewhere. There's a few um, we've heard of interest in Matt O'Reilly and Juranovic as well. If the uh, clock chimes, I think it's at midnight tomorrow night, and that closes the transfer window, and Celtic have not lost that player, and we, we keep banging on about it on Axel, what do you think the message is that um, is conveyed by the club, not just Ange, but by the club? For for me, it's that we're doing something differently now, because in the last five seasons, as I've said before, we have all, always sold at least one asset. Sometimes more last season. Sorry, uh, last season, yeah, we sold uh, Christie, Ayer, um, and Edward. So, you know, I think it's a big statement if we get through this transfer window having not sold anyone. What's your thoughts on that? I think I think it's an interesting one because although we made a lot of money selling Christie, Ayer, and Edward, I think perhaps a lot of people watching it um, and a lot of people in Axom contributor group would, would say we weren't particularly disappointed to lose any of them. The difference with with these players at the moment is I would be gutted to lose anybody from this squad um, the, the way it currently stands. So, um, so there's a little bit of a difference there. But I think what is a slight advantage to us as well this season is the fact that the World Cup isn't until till Christmas. I think if you're a player with your head screwed on, if you're having a good, if you've had a good season at Celtic last season, and you're getting a starting game this season, eyes are going to be on you in the Champions League. That's going to make it a lot more difficult for your international manager not to include you in a squad for the World Cup, and then, you know, perform well in the Champions League and the World Cup and the World's your oyster. But from a Celtic point of view, we just need to take advantage of anything we can to keep this squad together as long as we can because I think we all know where it's headed. But as long as we have them scoring goals for Celtic, then then that's all we can ask for, really. I was really um, enthused with Andy's comments in relation to his own aspirations for Celtic in Europe. He's talking about making that mark, improving season on season, Alan. And we always talk about that, you know, and it's... uh, it's not just fighting talk from Ange either. I mean, he obviously does have a strategy. He's got a vision. And a massive part of that must be, obviously, to keep the core together. But I do agree with, with, with what Laura says there in relation to the players last season. I wanted to keep Ayer. That was the one I wanted to keep of the three. Then I saw Christy playing under Ange and I thought, you know what, he could be quite handy under Ange Postacoglu. But what he's done is he's used the, those transfer fees, Alan, to, to build a team, to rebuild um, Celtic and uh, obviously the, the players he's brought in often for a pittance you know Joe Hart Hatati, O'Reilly not big transfer fees even Juranovic when you think about it, under 3 million quid um, but I'm desperate for us to keep a hold of all of them um, maybe I'm being a bit greedy maybe I'm being unrealistic what's your take on it Alan? 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think the players that you mentioned, you know, they, they would actually have all of liked to have left the season before, but we all know that story. You don't have to rehearse it. You know, it's a mixture of kind of COVID killing the transfer market and and then Celtic making a strategic decision to hold on to people. But um, I think we're in a different place now. Like you see, we're in kind of building a squad. Um, the exposure, if Celtic do well in the Champions League or, or, or you know, put up a good good performances, certainly, in the Champions League, then obviously that's going to change the game. I think Laura makes excellent points about the, the positioning of the World Cup, and that changes the, the dynamics this year a little bit. So I completely agree with that. Um, but, you know, there's, listen, the one thing I'm enjoying is that there's no real pressure, as you say, to, to make a sale this year. We've, we've generally either qualified for the Champions League or sold a big name. You know, um, generally one of the, it tends to be one or the other. So um, it looks like you know we've, we're going to have a net outlay of around 16, 17 million in the transfer window this year. There doesn't appear to be any pressure, and I've not heard anything to say there's any pressure to, to make sales. Uh, to, you know, it's probably more about managing the wage bill. Uh, there's the, the new financial um, sustainability rules now kick in, and that's all about you know um, wage wages and football costs to turnover. Uh, that's that's probably possibly more important. So, I think we're probably in a reasonable position in that regard as well. So, the, the thing that might change things a little bit is is if we do well in in Europe, and, and because we saw on the other side of the city, you know. Bassi would never have gone for that money if it hadn't been for the European run, and that a European run will draw attention to your players. Um, that's no doubt about that. But at, uh, what, the other thing I would add is that under Andy, Angie is what I'd call, you know what, what 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 is referred to as a system manager. So it's more important that the players that come in are, are a fit for the way he wants to play. So it's not it's not it's not as simplistic as just saying, well, if I lose O'Reilly, I just get another clone and, and slot them in. But it it's 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 not like we're building the team around one player. Um, you know, players can come in and do and do that role, and they'll be recruited to do that role. And I think that's the way it's going to be. And he'll send them on their way with good wishes if they want to fill other their careers. No one no one's going to be happier than than him to do that. And that's just the reality of the world. Yeah, absolutely. It's 2-0. Uh, we're up. It looks as though we're in the draw for the next round, but we will go back to the action in the second half. I've got to thank every one of you for joining us um, on the comments section. We will bring up more of your comments at full time. And thank you once again to Laura and also to Alan for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind. may apply guys got hair loss i know what you're thinking should i shave my head comb it over wear a hat just stop this is in 1970 keep your hair and your confidence because bosley america's number one hair restoration experts can give you your real hair back permanently check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts easy to 203203 Dude, you don't have to look like your dad, because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. 
People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. Not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Network.